Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are happy to be here tonight? Well, I'd like to thank Bishop Jake one more time for the honor of preaching at Church Good Campaign. Oh, I appreciate the man of God. I want to thank God. I want to thank God for giving this great vision to Bishop Jake, a burden to see churches growing, a burden to see churches doing well. And it takes a great, great effort to um, put up such a program for the benefit of pastors. He is not thinking only about himself, but he's thinking about all of us, how we can do well in the ministry. And so, Bishop Jake, we want to say God bless you for this great work that we have started in the central region. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, I want to encourage all pastors to take advantage of this program and of subsequent programs. And then don't come uh, alone, but come with your leaders. It's very important. You know, often pastors attend conferences alone, but what it means is that you are exposed to some keys, to some strategies, you know, to some wisdom. But when you go, you don't have your people with you. They don't understand you. But if you are here with them, okay, as you are listening, they are also listening. And it becomes very, very easy for you to use what you have received. Amen. Amen. There are so many powerful materials here. As Bishop Jake has been introducing them, all right, take advantage of the very good prizes and get them and you will be blessed. Well, tonight, I am blessed because my father, Bishop Eddie Adi, is in the house. For the last, for the last 
past decade, I've had the honor and privilege of working directly under him and uh, training pastors, missionaries um, all over these years. And he's a man of great wisdom, a man that understands what ministry is, a man who has uh, moved around the whole world encouraging our churches, strengthening our churches to build better churches, larger churches. A man who has been with Bishop Doug since the inception of this church. Now when he stands here tonight to minister and tomorrow to minister, I don't want you to receive him the way you have received me or the way you have received Bishop Jake. I want you to know that someone with a greater anointing inside into the things of God. You know, listen. Just, just his presence in this conference will change your life. Because, because ministry is by the Spirit of God. And it is very important who you come into contact with. So, if you are here alone. You have already made a mistake, but correct it because you'll be here tomorrow in the morning and the evening. Bring everybody that you can bring and say, listen, God has brought a great anointing. Let us go and tap into it. So, it's such a blessing and I want you to be in expectancy. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, tonight my assignment is very simple. I've been preaching for a long time. So, I just want to conclude uh, by giving you another living that if you put in your church, it will cause the church to rise. Remember that we are believing God to cause the churches to rise. Is that not so? Let us pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for another opportunity. Guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I'm preaching on cells and church growth. Cells and church growth. Hallelujah. Amen. Cells and church growth. Amen. I've been preparing our hearts to start to grow our churches. One of the most powerful tools that you can implement in your church to have real church growth is the strategy of the cell system. Hallelujah. I do not know of any for, of a more powerful key that brings growth to a church. And I am convinced more about that now. Because all over the world, most of the large churches, mega churches, operate this system. The pastor of the largest church in the world, Dr. Yonggi Cho, who is the greatest proponent of the cell system, built this, his church 
based on the cell system. The whole church, all right, as at 2007, he had 800,000 members in his church. And the whole church is broken into little, little groups. Within a week, eight people have gathered, six people have gathered, ten people have gathered. And it is from this eight, ten, six, twelve, five that you have 800,000 members. When Lyra Chapel International began, all right, shortly after in the 90s, we moved into the cell system. And we had the cells all over Accra. When we got to a point when we wanted to start branches, we clamped these cells together. And before anybody could realize, branches of Lighter Chapel International has sprung up all over Accra. And as of today, we are still into cells. Pastor Joel Osin's church, one of the largest churches in the United States of America, operates the cell system. Bishop David Oedepo's church. All right? Now, in his church in Nigeria, he has the single largest church auditorium in the whole wild world. And on a Sunday morning, I think the capacity is 50,000. 50, uh, the main hall. 50,000. And then there are overflows. Yeah? Yeah. And on Sundays, he fills us a couple of times. That whole church, that whole church, alright, that whole church is based on the cell system. I was listening to a message that he preached once, a couple of years ago, about three years ago, or four years ago. And I heard him say, in that particular year that he was talking, they were going to start 2,000 more cells. Hallelujah. Do you understand it? The point I'm trying to make is that if this is what has brought such growth to these churches, then it can also bring growth to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It can also bring growth to you. So that is why, can I have the mega church book? That is why I want to briefly just, you know, um, how do you say it? Yes. Yes, and then to also yes, whet your appetite so that from here, alright, you can go and implement this strategy. I want to show you one more thing from this book. We have been showing you several things, but in the chapter 13 of the mega church book, we have Bishop has titled this Principles for Church Growth. Principles for Church Growth. Where he shares
where he shares 14 principles for church growth. Now, one of the principles that he shares here is the principle of small, smaller groups in the church. Why he explains that to let the church be stable, let the church grow, let the church link up, let it be fellowship and strength, it is very important for you to create groups, small groups in the church. Yes. Fellowships, ministries. Do you understand it? So that people can be involved. People can know one another. People can encourage one another and all that. Now one of these powerful small groups is sales. Amen. Amen. Now why is the cell important? Why is the cell important? Number one, the cell is important because it is the strategy that the Holy Spirit introduced when he started the church. The cell is important because it is the strategy that the Holy Spirit introduced when he the Holy Spirit started the church in Acts chapter 2. Now, God is the one who is building his church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I'll build my church. We are co-laborers together with him. Amen. First Corinthians 3, 9. We are co-laborers together with him. We are laborers. We are servants. And as servants, we are taking instructions. We are not leading. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and we are following. So it is very important for us to do what the Holy Spirit is doing if we want the church to work. Hallelujah. And when the Holy Spirit birthed the church in Acts chapter 2, the wisdom that he gave to the apostles to build a successful large church was the wisdom of the cells. So that is the first reason why the cells are important. If that is what the Holy Spirit introduced, then it is very important for us not to deviate from it. In Acts chapter 2, alright, in Acts chapter 2, from verse 41, from verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Continue, please. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. 
And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to them to all men as every man had need. Now verse 46. And they, and they, you see that the verse says they, they, the who? The people, the apostles and the people who gave their lives to Christ. The church that had just started. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. So immediately the church started. The church began to meet in two places. In two places. In the temple. On the Sabbath day. And in the course of the week. From house to house. Now listen. You see the Holy Spirit was smart. Because a lot of people were being saved. And there were only 12 apostles. How were 12 apostles going to look after all these people? So the Holy Spirit said, you know what? Let some of the um, a little more matured disciples, because apart from the 12, there were also the 120 eh, that met. Is that also? Alright. So, let some of these people begin to gather the disciples, the souls, the members, in homes. Amen. On the Sabbath day, we will meet to celebrate the Lord together. But in the course of the week, alright, let the people meet in different homes. For what purpose? To continue in the apostles' doctrines. To continue in prayer. To continue in fellowship. To break bread together. Eat together. Socialize together. So that they will continue to be strengthened. That was the strategy. That was the strategy. I think you need to check something. I can smell something. Amen. That was the strategy that he gave to them. So the early church, the early church followed this pattern. Are you listening to me? Now the mistake that you and I have made up until this conference, because when you go home, you're going to change it, is that we have limited the church to the temple worship. We have decided that we know how to do the church better than the Holy Spirit. So as for us, we just have church in the temple. But as for house to house, house to house church, we don't like it. And the result is that we have not been able to have the effect that the early church had. Hallelujah. All throughout, you see the early church meeting in the temple, meeting in homes. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. Quickly. And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Preaching of Jesus Christ, teaching about Jesus Christ, continued daily in the temple and 
in every house. And in every house. And daily in the temple. And in every house. Every house where the saints were. They got it. Do you have your members gathering in homes? No. You gather only in the big church. For celebration. Hallelujah. But it is very important for us to gather in two places. That is the wisdom that God is giving to you at this conference. Yeah. And in fact, even the opponents of the church knew that if you want to find the church members and you go to the temple and you don't find them, go to the houses and you find them. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his barrier and made great lamentation over him. Verse 3. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering into entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Give me the NIV. Give me the NIV. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house. He began to destroy the church. When we say the church, it's not a church, it's not a building. It's not a building. It's not a building. So when he was destroying the church, he was not talking about building. He was talking about the human beings. The church is the assembly of the Christians, the brethren. And he was destroying them. Alright? And Paul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Why did he go to the houses? Because he knew that when you go to the temple and they are not there, the guys will be meeting in the homes. Acts chapter 20 and verse 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse 20. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that to be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. So Paul said, as I've been ministering to you, I've been ministering to you publicly. He said, this is a public place. Do you know that this is a public place? Yeah. Anybody at all can come here. But apart from that, then from house to house, I continued also to teach you. Why is your teaching in the houses? You don't have it. And that is the wisdom that God is giving to you. Hallelujah. That is the wisdom that God is giving to you. To build a large church. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. I commend unto you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centria. Verse 3. Verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Verse 4. They risked their lives for me, not only I, 
but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Verse 5. Greet also the church that meets at their house. The church that meets in their house. You are supposed to have your church in the temple and the church must also happen in the houses. That is the part that the Holy Spirit gave. That is the reason why you must have the cell system in your church. Because when you do that, you are following the pattern. And if you build according to God's pattern, God will bless it. Hello? If you build according to God's pattern, God will bless it. In the building of the tabernacle, Moses followed into detail everything that God said. And when he finished, the Bible said that, and the glory of the Lord entered into the tabernacle. God was saying, well done. I like this. This is what I ask you to do. Now, what does this mean to you? It means if you are here, if you are, in fact, Dr. Cho says that, he says, to build a large church, you can maybe build, you know, up to a certain level. But he said, a really large church, this is what he says, he says, a really large church, you cannot build a really large church without a cell system. And when such a man makes such a statement, you better sit up and listen and listen again. Hallelujah. I'm talking about why the cell is important. So that's the first reason. Number two, the cell is important because through the cells, you are creating a system that ensures the growth and multiplication of your church. The cells is important because when you create the cells, you are creating a condition, an atmosphere, a situation in your church that will ensure continuous growth and multiplication. How many of you want your church to grow? We all want our church to grow. That's why we are here. Shop just said that we are campaigning for church growth. Amen. I get what I'm saying. Now, every living thing grows. Every living, living thing grows. And the church is a living thing. Because the church is the body of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is alive. And as he's alive, the, the, the members are also alive. And anything that is alive grows. How does it grow? It grows by what is called cell multiplication. The human body, if, you, if we divide, we call you up here, we send you to operation theater, we divide, you know, your body, break it down, the tissues and everything, we will come to what we call the cell. Which is the smallest unit of the human body. It is the cells that come together and then they form the big organs and the tissues and all that. When the tissues and the organs are becoming old, the cells multiply and create new ones. Hallelujah. 
So just as human cells bring growth to the human body, cells in the church would also bring growth to the church. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. For from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, held together, the different parts. What is the result? Grows. And builds itself in love as each part does its work. The interconnection brings growth. The cells, the small units, interconnecting brings growth. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 There are many reasons why the cells bring growth. But within the confines of the time that I have, I want to explain to you one reason why the cells bring growth and that is that through the cells when you create cells in your church you create a powerful spiritual evangelistic net that you throw over the areas now there are two ways of fishing. If you want to catch a fish, you can stand by the bank of the river, take your hook, line, sinker of the bait, then you throw it, then you wait. After some time, a fish takes the bait, then you catch it. So you do that. You understand it? You catch some fish. How many of you know that? You catch some fish. But another way you can also do it is that you take a big net. Then you throw it. Now when you throw it and you drag it, there will be some stones. There will be some leaves. There will be some leaves. But there will also be a lot of fish. When you create the cells, alright? When you create the cells, some are in this area, some are in that area, some are in that area, some are in that area, through outreaches, evangelism, week in, week out, you are going to gather people from different places in great numbers. In great numbers. In great numbers, there must be a lot of people coming into the church so that some will stay for the church to grow. The problem most of us have is that very few people or nobody comes into the church. Two of us. Two of us. Because we are fishing with a hook and a line. (laughs) But from this conference you are going you are going with a net receive your net how many of you are going with a net you are going with a net 
Eh? Bishop, are you going with a net? You are going with a net. Amen? Sit down, please. Yeah. In my church, every Sunday morning, we, we, our problem in my church is not people coming to the church. Our problem is that we struggle to keep substantial numbers of the people in the church. Oh yeah. I mean on the average 1800 the day that we saw we didn't do anything maybe 50 people in all our services. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Because the net has been cast to the cells. Plenty. This one is bringing one. This one is bringing one. This one is bringing one from Abeka, from Medina, from Nungwa, from Mampobi, from Arashia, from uh, Jamestown. Everybody is catching. Is it because the net? The net has been spread all over. When you don't have cells, okay, you are only fishing in a small corner. And, and they don't even like you. They don't like your church. So they have decided that your church, they won't come. But when you throw the net, all over. I see you train a net. God is giving you a net. Hallelujah. Amen. God is giving you a net. That you are going to throw. That is the power of the cells. Amen. Number three. The cells are important. Because. And this is my last point. Through creating the cells, you, the pastor, you are going to be able to focus on your primary duty by creating the cells. You, the pastor, you are going to be able to now have time to focus on your primary duty. And I will explain. For you to have cells, you need to have a lot of cell leaders. You need to train a lot of cell leaders. And when you have a lot of cell leaders, helping you to pray for the people, helping you to visit the people, helping you to counsel the people, helping you to do evangelism, do you understand it? You are now relieved from doing all these things on your own. The reason why many pastors are not effective, fruitful, you are sick, tired, exhausted, is because you are doing everything by yourself. You bury everybody yourself. You marry everybody. Every, every naming ceremony. Do you understand it? Then the choir rehearsals. You lead. Then you are talking to the ashes, the market women. I mean, everything. Hello? Hello? Now listen to me. Listen to me. Remember yesterday I was saying that God will change your stereotype. That, that is not your essential work. Yes. Don't be surprised. That is not your essential work. <laughs> that is not your essential work. 
You are not supposed to be walking around sweating, doing everything on your own. Ephesians chapter 4 and from verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 and from verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. For what reason? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. What is the role of the apostles, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, the prophets? What is their role? It is not to run around, but our role is to prepare God's people for the works of service. Who are God's people? The members in the church. For what? For works of service. For the work of the ministry. And that is what you achieve when you have a lot of cell leaders. You train them to preach. You train them to evangelize. You train them to visit. You train them to counsel. You train them to pray. You train them to have your heart. And go out there and help to do the work. Amen? Amen. How many of you understand that? (laughs) Yeah. That is your work. Your work is not to carry everything. You are dying. You are sweating too much. You are sweating too much. And the people are sitting in the church. You are having parties. Do you understand it? They are just receiving the word, becoming fat, but not fighters. Eh? Not strong. They just look on. They don't win anybody. They don't help in the work. Because you have carried everything. In Exodus chapter 18, that was what Moses was doing. He would sit. Bible historians tell us that between two to three million Jews left Egypt. To go into the promised land led by Reverend Dr. Apostle Moses. His, his father in law visited him, Jethro. Genesis, uh, Exodus chapter 18, when you go read it, saw there. And he saw that in the morning Moses came to sit down, came to the church office, and people lined up. From here to Moray and beyond. This one, marital problem. This one, the dogs. Somebody has broken the leg of the dog. This one, should I be having a lot of diarrhea? This one, financial issues. Somebody has eaten his chicken. All kinds of things. So, so Jethro said, Ah, what are you doing? He says, When the people have problems, they bring it to me. And, and he said, I think verse 23. I think verse 23. If you do this, and God command you so, no, earlier on, he said, the thing that you do, you are doing, is not good. He told him, 
the thing that you are doing is not good. Look, look for it. Is that the way you help us? He told him, the thing that you are doing is not good. And he explained to him. Alright? He says, Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. Then he explained to him why it is not good. He said, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Reverend Dr. Apostimosis. It's too much for you. It's too much for you. Yeah. 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 Now this. Now this this key. This key, listen, is one of the most powerful wisdom keys that God gave to Bishop Dark. Right from the inception of the church. He started to train. So the Makane. Alright, is the training sessions. Yeah. He would take us away for three days. He talked to us about prayer, visitation, counseling, interaction, how to build cells, how to grow the church, how to fight enemies in the church. The ordinary church members. The ordinary church members. So with time, a large army of people, of the members in the church, became available for the work. If you take a lighthouse church member who is serious, who has been in a church continuously for five years, and you send him somewhere, he will become a church. He will become a church. He will become a church. So, that is why the cell is very important. Now, you have a lot of people who are helping you to do the work. And therefore, you can now focus on your real work. What is the real work of a pastor? As chapter 6. What is the real work of a pastor? Pastor Gezi, what is your real work? If your real work is not running around, then what is your real work? Give me, the, give me the King James Version. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a memory of the gracious against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we, not the twelve, the twelve apostles, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So, the work in the church, all the work in the church can be divided into two. Serving tables and the real ministry. Amen. Baby dedications, barriers, weddings, social events, and all that. They are very important, but they are, they are under serving tables. And the disciples said, ah, but we cry. You see, initially they didn't mind because the church was small, but as the church was growing, they realized that Peter is running from here to here. James, even when they should have meetings too, 
discussed and they can't meet. Because this one is going for baby dedication. This one is... They said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. It is not reason. Give me the NIV of this uh, verse 2. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it will not be right. It will not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. It will not be right. Pastor, you are waiting on tables too much. Yeah, and it's affecting your church. Because you have been distracted. Listen, what is good in its wrong context is counterproductive. A good thing, a good thing in the wrong context is counterproductive. It's counterproductive. We want a young leader to lead us because young leadership talks about energy, zeal, and all that. But if you now reduce it to a 10-year-old child, he has energy and all that, but because he lacks wisdom, it's now counterproductive. Hallelujah. Before we realize this, our president is playing video games when he's supposed to be building roads. Hallelujah. Go back to King James, verse 3. Then the twelve called her, Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Hallelujah. Get people to help you with the ushering ministry. Get people to help you with the prayer ministry. Get people, you know, and, and often pastors don't do that because of two reasons. We feel that the ministry is, we are the ministry. And number two, we are afraid. We are afraid, we are insecure to involve others. But if you train them very well, do you understand it? And add a good dosage of loyalty, they will be stabilized. Amen. Huh? Verse 4. Verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually. Now watch this. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, if they are giving themselves continually to prayer, when they wake up in the morning and to the ministry of the word, that tells me that there's very little room for them to be ministering to tables. In other words, they are now focused on the real thing that only they can do as pastors. Pastors, our main work is to be in the presence of the Lord. Prayer and studying the scriptures and cooking nice food to feed the sheep with. Now listen to this. The number one reason why people come to church, the number one reason is the pastor's preaching and teaching. Yeah. That's the number one reason. Yeah. That's the number one reason. So being able to preach well, teach well, is very essential for your ministry and for your life. 
And that will come if you have time to wait on the word of God and also to pray. The cells are important because, because you have now created a situation where you have a lot of people to help you. And, and, and don't misunderstand me. I'm talking in relative times. I'm not saying that from today you don't visit. You don't know. I'm talking relative times. Times that, alright, instead of you focusing more on that, let others help you to do more of that. And then you give yourself continually. I didn't say, look at it. We'll give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the way. Amen? Amen. Eh? What was the result of that? Look at verse 6. Whom they said before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Verse 7. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. When they had more time to minister in the way, with the word, through the word, and gave themselves to prayer, the effect was church growth. You know, it's there. You can see it. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Is that not what we are looking for? How many of you are looking for that? Yes. The number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Amen. Why must you have cells? Number one, that is the strategy that the Holy Spirit gave. Number two, when you do that, you are casting a big spiritual evangelistic net. That ensures that you are catching fishes in large numbers all the time. Amen? Amen. Do you understand that? Eh? Number three, you are going to create a situation where you are going to be able to now have more time to do your primary duty, which is prayer and the ministry of the way. And when you create all this, it leads to only one result. The number of the disciples will multiply greatly in your church. And you are going to have a mega church. <laughs> Clap your hands for the Lord. Amen. I have a lot of messages on cells. I don't know whether they have some here. But how do you create the cell system in your church? How do you run it? What are the benefits of the cells to your church members? I have 40, 40 benefits of cells to the church member. 40. What are the challenges? What are the problems? How do you solve them? How do you even start the cell system? How do you start it? These are all very important things. So as you are going, God has given you another key. Go and cast the net and reap a lot of souls. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord increase you. May God grant you the grace for the cell system. Lift up your hands and receive it right now. Lift up your voice and pray and ask God specifically 
to give you the of about 115 or 120 people. Then we created cells. I told them to come. Train them. Then we created cells with these people. 115 or 120 in December. That service now says not less than 700 people. Yeah. It's a next. May God grant you the grace. Lift up your father. I pray. Let this wisdom, let this wisdom infuse the hearts, the spirits, the souls, the minds of your pastors everywhere. Oh, yes. You said in the Torah 28, if you hearken diligently to my voice and by commandment and do it, you'll be blessed. We become blessed when we hearken to your voice. We become disoriented and confused when we go on our way. This is the strategy that you bet your church with. This is your strategy. And so now, Lord, as we have opened our eyes, we now need the grace. And let that grace come upon us. Lift up your hands. Let that grace come upon us. Let that grace to build cells, to run cells, to have the cell ministry in our churches. Infuse our mind. Infuse our spirits. Help us supernaturally. Holy Spirit. Because you are the Lord of the harvest. Oh yes. The truth is. Cause us to reap multitudes. Let the number of the disciples be multiplied greatly in our churches. So that you be glorified. Jesus, you say, here is my father glorified. That you bear much fruit. Then shall ye be my disciples. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you for this revelation and this key. We shall see it happening in our churches. We shall see it happening in our churches. We have gone away from it, but we have brought us back. Thank you for a blessing. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegono, opposite the Collegon Main Gate. Our service times are Early Rain Service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope Service, Local Languages Services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith Service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 
or 0543-289-289. God bless you. To glorify.